Tampa Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl 55 champions, led by Tom Brady. And that's it, it's over. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. Dodgers have won it all in 2020. Time down, the Lightning win the Stanley Cup. They have reached the top of the mountain. They are the Stanley Cup champs. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode number eight of For Future Considerations, what we hope will be one of your favorite podcasts. Whether you catch us on Spotify or Google Podcast or any other platform, thrilled to have you following us and listening to the show and hopefully having a little bit of fun. My name's Manny. As always, the boys are with me. Matt Dumichel, how you doing, Matt? Good, good, boys. Good to see you again. John Rashad up in snowy Gray County. Yep, everything's good up here. It is, is it? Although we're almost matching you snow for snow, centimeter for centimeter down here in Windsor this week. So do you uh, have any tips for us? Shoveling (laughs) snow? I think you have tips for me. I think your wife likes shoveling the snow. Mine doesn't. She's trying to make it like she can eat off the cement outside. Like she, she gives it like a hundred and ten percent. How many people have asked you this week if you have a heated driveway? <laughs> a few. There's been a few. There's been a few. What it looks like. Hey, when you're dedicated, <laughs> when you're dedicated. Hey, we're coming off a great show earlier this week. We had the one and only Steve Bell, the voice of the Windsor Spitfires, uh, a 41 year broadcaster. Part of a number one rated morning show on AM 800, who unfortunately, as we heard in the last episode, was caught up in some cutbacks. But you know what? He had such a good time with us earlier this week that he's back for more. Beller, how you doing? Hey, this is way... You should have told me this 41 years ago, man. <laughs> <laughs> and this is way more fun, and we have, uh, we have some pretty good beverages, too. So, yeah. Now, you have a dog... What's the dog's name? My dog's Austin. My granddaughter, Lila. uh, I have three granddaughters. Lila named Austin after Austin Matthews of the Leafs. And he's a good Gray County dog. Put her there. He's a tough guy. He's from Walters Falls. John, that's up near your neck of the woods, right? I got married at Walters Falls. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I bought a dog in Walters Falls. I don't know. We'll we'll compare notes later. (laughs) (laughs) Are we pause on what's going to last longer? (laughs) The dog dog or the wedding? (laughs) The marriage? (laughs) Austin Austin will be three in May. Just, Just, you know, if you're keeping tabs. Well, I think Austin listens to the podcast, and my wife doesn't, so I think we're okay. Right. Oh, okay, good, good. So if Austin's three, John, do you know how long you've been married? Tough question. Ooh, I know the wife pause, listens. Man. That's a long pause. Yeah. joining us, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Two and a half, actually. Oh. So we're on a decent pace here. Yeah. We're going to have to have a reunion up in Walters Falls maybe this summer. I'm in. Okay, I remember showing up in Walters Falls. I don't remember leaving. <laughs> Neither does John. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ballard, great to have you back. I, I know we talked a little bit last week about uh, the Terra, just stupid news, uh, but we're glad that you're back. We, I know you got to debate a little bit of sports with us on the last show, and boy, the feedback was incredible. So thanks for being a part of that. By anytime, man. Thanks for coming back, too. Hey, it's great when we call Manny, man. <laughs> man. Hey, how's it going, man? Hey, man. <laughs> Manny. Yeah, exactly. Now, this show, we want to get to know you a little bit more. So you up for that? Absolutely. Of course you are. Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen the questions. <laughs> well, just grab some more. And, and, you got and perhaps and that was not me. It was another fellow. You might need another wobbly pop or two uh, to deal with this. Now, you said in our podcast earlier this week that you were shocked by what happened. And I think... I can speak for John and Matt. We were shocked as well. Um, but the one thing that stood out for me, Beller, is, oh, my God, the community responded. The, the community outcry, the, the messages that you got after the news uh, that um, you're no longer with AM800. How did you feel about that? Well, to be honest, um, humbled, almost to the point of being embarrassed that, I mean, there's so many things going on now. The mayor of when, Mayor Dilkins, the mayor of Tecumseh, where I live, uh, Gary McNamara, Tom Bain, politicians, 
all these people, they, I, I don't know if they felt sorry for me, but but supported me. Uh, it, it's amazing. I mean, between COVID-19 and people at work and, and people that are ill and so many people responding to my situation, I'll be okay. I'm a big boy. I'm going to be fine. Um, but, but really to see... The rally, you know, the rallying bring. No, that that chapter's done. There's there's no bringing Beller back. I'm not going anywhere, man. I'm here. Mm-hmm. I'll still do the Spitfire games. And I, I, I said I had already planned to do the Spitfire games. I'll do that until I get old. Um, so I don't know another twenty years. Something exactly. Like that. I yeah. I yeah. mean, really. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I mean, Donnie Cameron was, you know. What early eighties? I don't know when I when I no longer can do it or no longer enjoy it or or they say, hey, look, you're you suck, man. You're you're over the hill. I'll, I'll know when. I'll know when to say when. Um, but no, that's that's just part. Of, it's fun. I mean, where else can you have that much fun? You go to a hockey game and you you get in for free, get a piece of pizza, and uh, have a lot of fun. And, and they hand you a microphone and you just talk about what's going on in the game. It doesn't get any better than. Than that, so I'd already planned to do the spits, but the uh, the support from the community um, is just off the charts. And it, to be honest, it's I, I don't think a lot to do with that. I was a sports guy in the radio for forty one years. I, I think a lot of that um, is maybe more the the involvement I that I've always done. And I I'm not stepping back I, now. I, hey, I got all the time in the world. I I plan to do every everything is exactly like I did before, except not go to work. Uh, so if, if Anita Imperioli from in honor of the ones we love, uh, and I, I've talked to Anita. I've talked to all these people. I still plan to MC whether it's you know their gala event uh, or once we get through COVID their golf tournament. Uh, you know any the Chamber of Commerce golf whatever it is that somebody in the if, how do you say no? Right. Uh, can you come and and show up for a golf tournament and uh, say a few words, introduce a couple of people? I, I'm I'm you know what I've emceed. I don't know. On behalf of the radio station, likely well in excess of a thousand fifteen hundred. I don't know events over forty one years. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, all, all yes, obviously for free. So if somebody says, "Can you come and say a few words and help out?" We're trying to raise money for kids with life threatening. No, I don't. No, can't do it. Too busy. Don't yeah. have the time. That's not. Say, that's not in no? you, right? And I'm not. A very good MC. You're really, hey, get up and uh, just fill time. Uh, say a few jokes. I'm not very funny. <laughs> I, I'm not really witty. I'm not, but I, I, I do auctions. Can we raise money here? We got a football. A football it was uh, signed by uh, Barry Sanders. We got 200, 250. Let's get 300, 300 dollars going for. Oh, over here we got. That's better than what I can do. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, if I if, the one year and I forget the event, they brought in a professional auctioneer, and I think they paid the guy really good money, and they. And he was a lot better than I am, but I told if if we can save that whatever three or four hundred bucks, I'm here. Any I'll do it for free and give that money to the charity. That makes that makes sense. So I started doing if if it helps out a local charity in Windsor, I'm the guy. So I think that's where most of the support. And I think that the people felt hurt. We've had a lot of other people leave. Whatever. The radio, uh, you know, I can't get in for a lot of reasons to say much, but I think the people just wanted to, you know, and, and it, I, I just think that everything could have likely gone in, in a much better direction for the people here. If I had have come on and said goodbye, mm-hmm. I'm not going anywhere. I'll be, I'm still going to be at all these events. I still be on the Spitfire games. You're going to see me out at an SX 73s hockey game on a Tuesday night. Um, I think it was just kind of the way, but I do know now, you know, sometimes with big corporations, um, things happen for a reason and maybe they don't trust. I wasn't never going to say anything negative or anything bad. Hey, if, if they had told me when I moved here, I'd have 41 years or in my 41st year on the radio, uh, having fun, um, I, I would have taken that. So I think I think people were just more hurt. Than anything else, we're all professionals that way. We're like, yeah. it's no lie. When I lost my job, I had to go on a that, that was, hockey trip and call that, games right on the on the same a, radio that, that station, was an right? So, and I, I remember like yesterday, I was like, well, is Manny gonna go do the? Yeah, Manny. I said right away. I was talking to Bill Bowler, the general manager of the Spitfires. Well, he just uh, he's not working at the rate. Manny's a professional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do, 
do the game way to go. That's what makes you a pro and a class act, Beller. And I know you talked about it in the last episode, but, you know, the changes in the sports media world, Matt mentioned it too in the last episode too. I don't think people realize how much of an impact it has on the local athletes, whether it's the high school kid or or what have you, the semi-pro player or someone at the University of, of Windsor who's playing hockey or basketball, the coverage that was provided, that has now disappeared. It's gone. Mm-hmm. It is a little bit, obviously, in, in print with a real good guy, Jim Parker, the star. But, I mean, Jimmy. Jeez, I mean, years ago, there was, you know, Mary Kate and Jim Parker, Bob Duff, the columnist. There was four, five, six people in sports. Uh, uh, you know, it was amazing, the coverage, you know. And, and I know we're, you know, allies at the same time as being enemies between broadcast media and print media, whatever. But, and now it's just Jim. So, I mean, the coverage that whether it's, uh, you know, it could be a high school basketball championship game for, for all Ontario and there's next to nothing anywhere. I, you know, I want to mention Jackson Moore, Jason Moore, uh, another former boss. Of yeah, mine, Jackson, a good soccer Manny, player. Like, like Manny, another former boss of mine. Great boss. Jason Moore, the same. Um, I grew up listening to Jason's dad, Jim Moore, on CKNX. When I was a kid, Jason's dad was on CKNX. Jason Moore was uh, a news director at AM 800. And um, his son, Jackson, Really good soccer player. He's on a scholarship over in the States right now. And and his daughter, Jackson's sister, Peyton, a really good hockey player. So, I mean, they might have got a little preferential treatment, but no. And, and he reached out to me just to say thanks as well, mm-hmm. because he said that was everything in the morning. Get up, we're having breakfast, and he hears that his, his sister, Peyton Moore, had a couple of goals last night in high school hockey. The Essex uh, Red Raiders tripped up Riverside 4-2. That's why people listen. That's why they felt associated uh, and, and close because they were getting. It was that. It was like a, a, a buddy of theirs, a friend sitting around, giving them some of this local information. These people were playing. Well, sure, Jackson's got a scholarship to the states, but for the most part, a lot of the local sports, the Essex seventy-three, those guys aren't going to play for the Toronto Maple Leafs mm-hmm. tomorrow. Um, and, and the players and the coaches, the great Primax, you know, all all the great people that I've met and, and I think that's why people were a little sour a little bitter that they never had a chance but hey we're, I'm not going anywhere you're still going to see me around which is great which no, is great for sure and to piggyback off of that you know uh, us all being sports fans and, and you know it was funny when when Sirius XM radio started out the biggest concern for regular radios that people are going to be transferring over there. What beat Sirius XM Radio is being local. Exactly. And, and you know, for me, Sirius XM Radio will not tell me if there's an accident on EC Road. You're exactly And right. that's that was the great thing about local radio. Yeah. And that's you know, can, the opportunity that I had working at, at The Rock here and the, at AM 800 as well and then the other stations I've worked at. Is, that was the beauty of the local part of it. And, and now, you know, to, to me, taking that away is all, I mean... I'd, I'd rather you not tell me what the weather is going to be like today because I can figure it out when I look outside. Yeah, I, I, I've if you're that. not telling me how the Lakeshore Canadians did last night. Or the Leamington Flyers. Or, or, or other what? ways of, you know, you're now forcing people to go well, somewhere else, away from and, the media. And, yeah, and, and, and to me it just makes so much sense. It's the people that get the local information. <laughs> Usually I would think that's easy to sell to the local advertisers that are going to spend their money because, hey, guess what? I, and it's and especially I know the younger generation, for the most part, they're not listening to infor, you know, information or news or but a little bit. But maybe their uncle. Hey, the neighbor. Craig, guess what? The neighbor across the street is out shoveling up my driveway. And I heard uh, your kid's name in the radio. That what? Oh, yeah. He had a really good game for high school mm-hmm. hockey the other day. That's why they listen. That's the key. Mm-hmm. And that's why local advertisers would spend their money on the local station to get all that. Well, it's now gone. How long were you in broadcasting? 41 years? Yeah, forty. I was in my 41st year. Uh, I'd spent a little bit of time, six months inside, after college. I, my first job was at CKSO. My first uh, day at CKSO in Sudbury. Sudbury, okay. In Sudbury. My first job was in Sudbury. I was hired as uh, the evening 
jock and seemed like I was a before a sports guy. I was here the DJ. The end. You're the music guy. I was the yeah, music yeah, guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, yeah. man. There was women all in the studio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I got yeah, it. Yeah. Not, not quite so much. <laughs> but, but no, it's uh, kind of like John Rashad. That's what he does back at Markdale all the time. We <laughs> <laughs> ever don't hear from John for a while. Yeah, yeah that's it. It's got to go back to the Walters Falls thing. I know. But no, I, my first uh, job was in Sudbury, and I went there in March of 1980, and uh, the Sudbury Wolves ended up, they were in a huge playoff series with the Peterborough Peets, and so I went to Rob Falds, who was really instrumental yeah. in getting me the job. I'd never been to Sudbury, graduating Fanshawe in broadcasting, and uh, sent out, I think, three tapes. And I, the one thing I wanted to go at least to a market I'm not going to be on the radio coming out of college, 21, 22 years old, and be on the radio full time in a large market. So I had to be, I was, I went to, I wanted to be on the air. So I had to go to a smaller market, but I wanted to go to at least a city that had an OHL team. I didn't want to go, no offense, to somewhere, well, they have, you know, say Stratford or somewhere, they have a, the call it, and they have a junior B. I, and so I think I'd sent tapes to Peterborough, never been to Peterborough, Kingston maybe drove through it once and uh, never been not on the way to the jail or anything no, like that no, no. okay no and over there one stayed six months <laughs> And, and, and never been to Sudbury. I think the furthest north I was, I don't know, uh, Owen Sound, man. No, October Mori. October Mori. I don't know. But uh, so I said, the, and the guy, the program director, Gary Dugay, had said, well, uh, Rob Falls, who was the sport, Rob had just taken over that year doing play by play for the Sudbury Wolves. He had, But he had heard me a little bit when he was at CFPL in London on 980. So Rob Falls and I still, it goes back, we're great friends. What a broadcast career that guy's had. Yeah, sportsman. Oh, mm-hmm. and uh, Rob had put in a word and said, I know this guy, he's green as grass, he's in college, but he's, you know, might have a little something here. So I think I went there and it was big must to start. I walked in. 149 bucks a week. Oh, wow. Six, six days a week. So you could days. afford the women in no. the studio. <laughs> six six, six days a week. But, but if you're really good, they give you a, a free album the odd time or a, a, a gift certificate to go to Burger King. And I thought, hey, I, this is, I know, but I was on the, the, the bottom line is I was on the radio every day and I was there six months. And uh, a guy that was best friends with in college, Murray Brookshaw, his first job was at CKWW in, here in Windsor, 580 CK, and he was a producer, made the commercials, and uh, he said, you got, got to get you out of Sudbury. So he came up to visit one weekend in Sudbury, and uh, I didn't even know, he taped me. And uh, just on an old cassette tape, taped a little bit of my show, came back and gave it to the uh, program director. And I'll never forget it. I'm on the air. I've been there five and a half months. And I, I on the air, nine, nine o'clock, 930 at night, I get a, a call on, on, on the studio line. Sure. Pick up the line. Uh, 790 CKSO. Uh, is this Steve? And he goes, yeah, uh, it's Kevin McGowan at 580 CKWW. He was the program director here. He said, I'll offer you, you're, you're kind of green, kid, but I tell you what, uh, you got a lot. Uh, offer you a job. He said, uh, you start, uh, whatever, uh, 320 bucks a week. Keeping, I was making what in Sudbury? Yeah, 150, right? 149, yeah. 149. Yeah. I gave you three, I think it was 320 bucks a week, but I need to know right now. Do you want? I said, well, I, I'd always heard you should give two weeks notice, but I also heard you should be at your first job at least a year, at least a year mm-hmm. before you move. Mm-hmm. So I sat there. I said, well, can I get back to you in the morning? I Well, okay, first thing in the morning. Uh, first thing in the morning, I need to hear. It's uh, 580 CKW. I'm Kevin McGowan. This guy had a huge voice. Sure. And he was a great broadcast. He was a program director. The first thing I thought, Billy Merritt, this bugger from college is calling. It's one of, your, one of my buddies. I know who is. Is this Billy? So I asked the guy a couple times. Who, who's calling? He goes, I'm telling you again, it's McGowan. I need to know. But I thought it was one of my classmates, you know, driving through town, putting on the big show. Oh, we heard you, kid. You sound pretty good. So anyway, as soon as I got off the air, I think I did that till 11 at night. Got off the air, went into the newsroom. You've seen me type, Manny. <laughs> took me an hour to type my, what are you doing? The news guy said, I'm typing my resignation letter. I, 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 I treasured my five months two weeks and three days in Sudbury. <laughs> but uh, this is, I'm, so I gave my two weeks notice 
And uh, Gary Dugay was a real nice guy, the program director. He said, uh, kid, I, I knew I wouldn't have you long. And, uh, and he said, you don't have to stay the two weeks. When do they? I said, they want me down there like next week. And uh, so I came down and that was September of 1980. And I thought, wow. I, so he called you on a Friday night? No, I, I ended up, I stayed another, I finished. No, but week. he called you Friday night while you were on air? Yeah, I, I was on the oh, air. That's a that's a Friday a night call, right? Oh, yeah. I was on, uh, and I th- but I initially... While I he's on air. Yeah. You heard the, the stories in college where some guy would go through town, hey, you're sounding a pretty good kid. It's uh, uh, Jim Waters' son of brother <laughs> from a chum. What? Chum call? No, it's me. It's me. Don't win. So, but, so, so I came and I thought, that's it. Let's give this a shot. And I came here. And if you would have told me that it'd be 41 or in my 41st year, um, but I, I, man, the, the thing is, I, I was just getting started. So, so when that, so when they decided, I said, if you think I'm old, I said, I am out of shape. I am old, but you can take any 20 or 30 year old or 40 year old and we'll go for a run from my house in Tecumseh to the ambassador bridge, I don't know, 10 miles. And I get, I guarantee you, if you think I'm old, I'll win. I put money on you, Beller. And, and, yeah. and it won't be close. <laughs> and that's when I'm out of shape. And after a couple of wobbly pops, so whatever, it's been, it's fun. Or was so you arrived in September of 1980. Um, when did you first start uh, calling Spitfires games? I started my first my first Spitfire game. I believe was in '86. I know I my very first game ever, and uh, I did one game that year. It was in the spring, and it was a, a big game up in North Bay. A one game trip to North Bay. Uh, one, game one, 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 day, <laughs> one one game to North Bay to decide a playoff. There was a tie for a playoff spot. And uh, Dave Quinn, he's a legend down there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, great, great play-by-play guy. Funny. Oh, dry sense of humor. And uh, he had done the play-by-play. I think he came in 72, 73 when they were still Tier 2. Uh, and they uh, they came into the OHL 75, 76. So he had been down here for a while. So my first game was a solo. He, he did the global game of the week prior to Jack Miller mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. back in the day. I remember those. Yeah, yeah, he did the global game of the week. And he had a game, I think it was in Sault Ste. Marie. And he goes, hey, uh, I previous, I had helped him out, do a little bit of color and intermissions just for a volunteer, just to get my you know foot in the door. And uh, and Quinter said, Beller, you're going to have to do the game in North, a solo game to North Bay. What? He said, uh, because they fl- flew him, Global, up to Sault Ste. Marie to do uh, the Global Game of the Week. He said, I can't go to North Bay. And uh, so that was my first game uh, ever, and I still remember it. Did the Spitz win? This, absolutely. Uh, Pat Jablonski played goal, and I thought, geez. Jablonski. Wow. Uh, wow. Alan Perry was the main goalie. Um, Jim Rutherford the, Jim Rutherford was the general manager of the Spitz. Tom Webster was the head coach. And uh, and the Spitz, did, it was, a, I think, 3-2 Spitz, a great game. And uh, I remember calling my dad. He's been gone for a number of years. And uh, and I told him, I said, Dad, I'm going to do the play-by-play. And he goes, well, what, what's the problem? Back in the day, guys, there was no names on jerseys. Sure, Not sure. that that matters. You can't see them from up in the booth anyway. There was just obviously numbers, no names on the jerseys. And uh, so my dad said, what, what's, what's the big deal? I mean, you've done it on the road since you were nine years old. I was a, my, my buddy, Mike Dunlop, who lives in Hanover now, said, uh, you're the best uh, play-by-play guy for road hockey ever. <laughs> but, uh, but no, so I mean, my sisters, I have three older sisters. That's why I'm such a tough guy, eh? <laughs> I have three older sisters, and uh, they would all attest that uh, I used to use a button, and then they used to get me a little rubber ball. So at home, I would do play-by-play. Here's Keon. This, this is going back a couple of years, fellas. Bear with me. Dave Keon. Keon. Oh, Bobby Pulford. We'll get it back now. Armstrong trying to get it back. Ellis, Ronnie L. And I would mimic doing play-by-play. I was, I don't know, 8, 9, 10 at home. But when I used the button, it would chip the paint off the bottom of the door in our laundry room when I was a kid. And my sisters would all complain. And my mom, <laughs> and my mom who... Who, who loved me dearly, would just say, oh, he's just playing like, well, look at, he's wrecking the house. <laughs> so, I, so, so my early start in play-by-play was likely as a 9- or 10-year-old on the street or playing with a button in our laundry room. And uh, But my dad's advice was, you know, just call the game. Don't just whatever you see, call it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the next year, Dave Quinn moved to Toronto, 87, 88. My first full year 
You guys need a break at all here, man? Mm. My, my, my first full year was 87, 88, doing play-by-play. And uh, the Spitfires went to the Memorial Cup that year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but finish the story, though, because I know this story already. The they win- go to the Mem Cup, and what happens, Beller? The Spitfires early on in the Memorial Cup. And by the way, they go to the, the Spitfires were the best team in the country mm-hmm. the entire year. Right. Adam Graves, Darren Shannon, Daryl Shannon, Mike Wolak. They get Kelly Kane from London. Kelly Kane only banged in 60 for fun. David Haas comes in a trade, I think, from the Bulls. He scored 55ers. They were on the back end, little guys, Glenn Featherstone, 6'4". They were unbelievably tough. Uh, the best team in the country. They go to the Memorial Cup. They open. Uh, we open. Uh, Hammer Drummondville eight three. Beat uh, uh, the, the Olympic the Hull. Beat Hull. Uh, it was in Shakuta. We beat them five four. Beat Medicine Hat, the Western League champs, who were the defending champions, coached by Barry Melrose. Beat them. I think five two. Sat around for two or three days in Shakuta, Quebec in May. The weather was low eighties Fahrenheit. Oof. Wow. I, it was just unbelievable. Sit around, beat everybody in the round robin. And uh, one of the biggest memories ever, the Spitfires score, Mike Wolak scores again. I think it was Kane knocked one in. And the Spitfires, less than nine minutes into the game, lead 3 nothing over the Medicine Hat Tigers. And I say something stupid on the air. But <laughs> a couple of hours now. And back in the day, the only game in the Memorial Cup that was televised was the final. Mm. The Memorial, and, and I think it was on a Sunday afternoon, the only Memorial Cup game, all the other games you can get on. So everybody, the guys at the plant, over at Plant 6, at the big van plant, would run tinfoil on it so they could listen in on the games. The final game, nine, ten minutes in, th- three nothing spits, and I say something to the effect, a couple of hours from now, Windsor, we could be having the biggest party ever back in Windsor. And at the end of the first, I believe it's three two. <laughs> Featherstone takes a ten minute misconduct in front of the net. Pat Jablonski, the goaltender, who was fantastic, had likely his only bad game. I don't think the Spitfires ever. Trevor Linden, if I'm not mistaken, pretty good player. Eh? Rashad, your boy. That's your boy, John Rashad. That's right. Trevor Linden, I think it was. He was the captain, if I'm not mistaken, of of the Medicine Hat Tigers. Got the win. The final, but I do remember the Spitfires pressing and uh, offside. I thought we have a chance to tie it, and all of a sudden it's offside at the line. I look at the clock, and I think it was nine. There's nine seconds left, and the faceoff will come outside the blue line. And your heart sinks, right? And I, I knew then, and I mean, almost teary eyed. Just to the fact that this can't be, and as Tom Webster said, and I know it's a great quote from other coaches, we didn't lose Beller, we just ran out of time. We, seven six final at Medicine Hat wins their second in a row back to back championships. And I thought, you got to do it. I went into the room after, into the Medicine Hat room first, shook hands with every player. Uh, Dave Branch was a young Dave. Dave Branch. Young this Dave Branch. 1988. Yeah, Dave Branch was there in the room, and uh, Peter Carmanos was the owner of the Spitz. Rutherford, Jim Rutherford, the general manager, Tom Webster, the coach, and and I, th- I just thought, wow, it, it, even with the loss, and I still have the, we got a watch. Yeah, <laughs> where's my ring? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then they come back, they win three Memorial Cups. And I don't do the play-by-play. <laughs> I got robbed. Yeah. I got robbed. Yeah. So y- you've mentioned some great years there. By the way, were the Spitz wearing pants at that time? No, no, they no, were. They, they were. They were. They wore pants previous. Previous. 84, okay. Four, eighty-three, eighty-four, eighty-five, maybe somewhere through there. So you you've watched a lot of Spitfire hockey. Greatest Spitfire that you've seen on the ice. Oh. Can I give you my... Uh, uh, no, Top three or what? No, uh, I'll give you my, my starting lineup for, for my all-time Spitfire. Okay, team. that's good, that's you know? good. And and this isn't necessarily a left winger, a right winger, a center. I'll give you three forwards. And uh, I'll send out, here's my line, and we'll go against the London Knights, Owen Sound, we'll go against some different teams. And for starters, my first line, I'll throw out a pretty good playmaker. I'll throw out Bill Bowler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll throw out another guy, my first year in 1980. 
80 that I moved to Windsor, 80-81. This guy tapped in 87, and I tell the kids now, 87 points. That's a heck of a, no. Ernie Godden knocked in 87 goals. Yeah, all, yeah. So, so I'll, put, I'll put Billy Bowler out to set him up. I'll put Ernie Godden on the one side. And the, I'll tell you what, a guy that I still think was on, I'll put Taylor Hall mm-hmm. up front with them. So there's Bill Bowler along with Ernie Godden and Taylor Hall. And on the back end, I'll send out a kid that I've never seen anyone hold the puck in at the blue line, including in the NHL, anyone better at something. The world than Ryan Ellis. So yeah. I'll put Ryan Ellis on the back end alongside Ed Jovanoski. Of course, Jovokop. And, and in goal, I'll take the kid from Amherstburg, Mike DiPietro. So there's a. It's there's, a pretty good six. If you want to come back, yeah. you want to come back with another. I'll, I'll come back and I'll, I'll put here's on the second, my second line. I'll throw. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll throw out Adam Graves, and on the wings, I'll, I'm going back a bit. I'll take Corey Stillman and Todd Warner. And Those the, are pretty good too. On the, on the back end, again, I'm going back quite a bit. Joel Quenville and Darren Shannon. You've thought about this and, before, and, haven't you? Know, <laughs> I, I mean, but as you know, so it's really hard. But you, you can throw out. What you want to get goofy? We'll throw out a third or fourth line. <laughs> we'll throw out a bang around. How, how about Steve Ott on, on a third? Yep. Somebody like let's throw Cam Jansen. We, we got yeah. Let's man. You throw it and what? What happened in that line? I don't know. Otter was chirping me, Jamie coming through the boards, and then what? Oh, and then Cassian ran. Oh, oh sure, oh, sure. So I mean, you're putting that line together. You better have a good, pretty good PK. <laughs> <laughs> but no, hey, it's uh, you, you guys know it too. It, is there any more fun than than broadcasting junior hockey? Um, these are guys trying to get to the, you rarely That's see. just it, right? Like Matt and I always say, in, in the OHL and junior hockey, they're not playing for the paycheck. They're playing, they're playing to get to the next level, yeah. and that's what makes the game so good, yeah. right? There's there's not too many stinkers, and the game has changed so much. I mean, back in the days, you know, the brawls, all of this, for and sure. it's changed for the better. I mean, life moves on. Um, the speed of the game now... Even us old-time broadcasters have to kind of make a few adjustments to keep up to it. But but no, hey, you guys know there's there anything better than going. What do you? I gotta go to work. What? You're going to a hockey game? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's work. Yeah. Really, honey? It's it. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> No kidding. And you mentioned all the Spitfires, and then we've seen uh, tons that have come through that have made outstanding careers for themselves in the NHL or, or outside of that. But I can only imagine the, the Rolodex of names that you've got up in your head as well of just athletes in general from Windsor-Essex that maybe never won Olympic gold or never won a Stanley Cup or never won a World Series. But the, the talent that you would have seen as a broadcaster of, you know, teens and, and, and early 20s that never maybe went crazy sports and maybe because of they were very good at sports went really big professionally but I can imagine that list is just as long yeah I have, I have a lot but the, the thing that I don't know that that I think I enjoy more than anything and I pointed it out are the people and the the athletes that I've come across that are tremendous people mm-hmm. that I mentioned the other day, I retweeted something, Matt Pumple. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Brandon McBride, who's, uh, I believe, the top 800-meter runner in Canada. He's gone to the Olympics. Uh, uh, Corey Belmore, another right. great athlete locally, who's the champion of the world in the beer mile. He can <laughs> chug a beer and run, right? No, right. four beers. Yeah. Uh, and they can't be light, uh, <laughs> light, light, light beers like you this. You can't have Michelob Ultra, no Ultra. It's a that I'm drinking over here. No, they got to be real beers, man. And to run a mile, and it was, what, less than five, something ridiculous. But you know what, with these people, these great athletes, uh, polite, mannerly. Hey, hey, thanks, Steve. Really not, like, a serious, like Brandon McBride. Uh, comes to mind. Olympia. I interviewed him before the Olympics. We sat at, uh, outside on a picnic table at the uh, Tim Hortons just off Central. And I thought, I don't think I've ever met uh, more. Uh, Matt Pumple, like some of these guys that I met along the way. So yeah, there's been great athletes that could get touchdowns and score great baskets. But a lot of the guy, uh, guys and girls too that I remember are for being just 
good people, you know, mm-hmm. mannerly, polite, brought up. The, Mikey DiPietro, I mean, all these, mm-hmm. you know, most of them, I mean, nowadays when I think back, and I think that's that's the thing that, I, I, I'll tell you another one right now, Max Domi. He's and great. Time, and yeah. I don't, people like to think Max don't. I remember when he, you know, played in London. A lot, of, you know, he's the type of kid that'll get under your skin a bit, mm-hmm. stir it up, and do this. And when I talked to uh, talked to his dad when his, you know, when uh, Ty's book was out, and I talked to, the, and I told Ty the same thing. I said, anytime I asked Max, do you have a couple of minutes for an interview and stuff? The London Knights to be in town. He was always courteous and polite. And uh, and I heard the same thing when he showed up at, at the gardens or the uh, ice house or back now. So it's the uh, the Budweiser Gardens, yeah. London. Yeah. That if, whether it was a guy that drove the Zamboni, he was. And and Ty Domi told me in the interview, he said that means every bit as much to me if you had said, oh, he had a great goal the other night, and I said no, really a great kid. To, and so, I mean that's that's what it's all. Um, Steve, what do you, would you say is the biggest difference in radio broadcasting from the start of your career up to now? Oh, technology. Manny had to show me how to turn my computer on. <laughs> you know, I, no, no, I, no, no. Come on. I, I, I had a tin can and a, I don't know, and a paper towel thingy. I'm like, yeah, okay, this is good. Uh, there's no question. Technology. I mean, we would have, when I started doing the games, uh, you know, 86, 87 back then, the operator or, or board op back at the radio station uh, during the game, late in the period, I said, what, what's going on out of town? Oh, we just made a couple of calls and I would provide the numbers, certain mm-hmm. cities, were, and they would actually be called. What's going on? They would call the radio station in Kitchener. Oh, here it's 2-1. Like, and some of the time, now it... Hang on, hang on, and I'm really bad. Did you? Hey, I'm an old guy, but uh, what's this? Is my cell phone, right? So anyway, nowadays, whatever you've got a laptop, whatever. I click on my phone. OHL out of town. Okay, it's three uh, one. The Rangers now lead over Guelph three one. That's in the yeah. second. Who scored? So I think one of the th- is certainly uh, uh, di- the digital. Just the fact with computers, and that's just not sport. Only sports or broadcasting. I tell you what, it's a lot. I mean, back in the day. You show up, you'd be lucky to get a lineup that's accurate to maybe maybe get the scratches. And and, and I'll tell you what, broadcasting at the junior level is a lot more difficult than at the pro level. Uh, I would cover a lot of games back in the day at Joe Lewis or go to the Red Wings and in the press box every two seconds. What? Here's the shots on goal. Here's who took the shot. They just keep handing you paper after paper. They've got every stat. And and forty seven people looking. I mean, wow, this is easy, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to uh, to have that. Whereas now, you know, but nowadays. So I think digitally that the other biggest thing, maybe not from the broadcast, but in terms of the sports themselves. Uh, you know, especially hockey. Without the brawling, there would be, you know, a game. You go to Windsor Arena. The puck went over the glass twenty seven times. The Zamboni would break. The uh, the ice would not. And, and you would get out of there. If the game would start at 7.30, it'd be 10.30, 20 to 11, maybe stop and have a beverage on the way home, stop at my old friends down at Curly's on Erie Street back in the day, <laughs> so you get home at midnight, and then uh, get up at quarter to four, 3.30, and go to work. That was many years ago. <laughs> the days of right, last season, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, the old bounce back factor. Like, well, hey, yeah, yeah. That's the same just for radio in general. Like if, if from a news perspective or a jock perspective, a DJ perspective, technology is the biggest difference. There would be more people around, right? There would be... Yeah. Um, and I think that's what made the industry so fun, right? Like, you know, you were with the big eight. Uh, well, and the- not really, because when I and, and growing up as a kid, I mean, there's no question. That's that's why I made it. I mean, my parents would listen to CKNX to get all the local information. And, you know, my older sisters, uh, they'd listen, obviously, to the big A, CKLW. And that's when I really I just and I wanted as much as everybody you know, I, I wanted to be the DJ. Yeah, know? but even though you weren't there at the time as the Big Gate, right. you were you were on a station that was a part of the yes, Big Gate's yep. history. It was right? the same building for yeah. sure. Uh, started at five eighty CKWW, which you know was more of the mom and pop radio, much like what AM eight hundred became in recent years. The local news, the talk shows, all of that. Um, 
But yeah, but still to even be in that building. I remember we had a chance to go in college in 1979, I think it was, to go either to Toronto and you could go to Chum and uh, I don't know, likely 106.9, Q107 or something and Chum uh, back in the day. Or you could come to Windsor and go to CKLW, the big eight. And across the river, and we went to uh, W4 at the time. It was rock, a rock station, FM. And there was a lot of the guys. I was 50-50. Guys like Murray Brookshaw grew up with. They were chum. They were going to Toronto. I came here, and I remember seeing Tom Shannon in the studio. We're now in that studio now is 93 Virgin Radio. Right, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was the studio. And I would look and, and, and just saw, wow. Like just amazed by, wow, this looks great playing music and uh, but but even in college, whether it's you know guys that I went to school with Jeff Schwab, his real name was Jeff. He was Jeff Frank on the air, Jeff Franklin, and he's when I my first day going to Fanshawe, I'm sitting in the in the lounge waiting to talk to one of the instructors. And I thought, okay, and I hear this guy come on. And so he's like, uh, 1290, CJBK, London's favorite. Hey, guess what? We have a chance of more flurries overnight. Also come, this guy was, he was a student. And, and it's like, I went in and talked to the instructor. And I'm like, what? He goes, oh, don't worry. He only stayed one year. And he went immediately, I think, to Ottawa. Star pupil, right? You know, yeah, he, yeah. He, he, he was top notch <laughs> and a fantastic broadcaster. So, so who influenced you from a young age growing up in King Carden or? Oh, it, and just listening to the the big eight at the time, the, yeah. you know, you got the the world famous Pat Holiday and C K L W. Yeah. Pat Holiday, John J W. Johnny Williams, you know that smooth. Uh, Teddy Truckenbear was one of the. He did the morning show. Ted Richards, they called him Teddy Truckin' Bear. You got the bear with it. Ted Richards, all the big name. My good friend from right here, Charlie O. Charlie O'Brien. Yeah, yeah. Smooth. <laughs> And, you know, I, I never, ever could have held a candle to any, but I saw it. It was like the, the theater of the mind, you know, listening to the, the, the great music, especially the music back in the day, the Motown, the six, but so listening to that, um, that that's, I, I got to do that. I got to try to do this mm-hmm. somehow. And you did. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of. (laughs) (laughs) For a long time. (laughs) Was it, was there always a time or or was sports always a part of your life to the point that it was going to be what you wanted to do? Well, yeah, but to be honest, the main thing being on the radio was to be the deep, the the jock. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, the on-air personality. I kind of fell into the sports, um, even at Fanshawe College in London, um, you know, I, re- I remember going to a Knights game, and the guys from broadcast journalism, uh, Chris Mayberry. Yeah. Uh, those guys, he was working at CKSL at the time in London, young broadcaster, Jim Morris, and Gino Cavallo, a long oh, time, yeah. still the voice, the TV voice. Greyhounds. Of the, of the Sioux Greyhounds. Yeah. Yeah. They were all in our, and they those guys on a Friday night, and I'll, I'll never forget it. I just, it was the Spitfires playing against London, and the Knights lost, and I was... A couple of my buddies back in the day, Pat Riggin, Larry Riggin, they were London Knights. They spent their summers in King Carden, but they were London guys, and both Pat and Larry, I mean, Pat Riggin played in the NHL, real yep. goalie, uh, were London Knights. So I was a, a London Knights fan. Don't ever let that out. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. No, we didn't say it for you. You said it. Hey, hey, Anna, we had a Johnny boy. But no, I and but the and they said I thought this is great. We went to the Knights game. We got a little thing from Fanshawe College that we didn't didn't have to pay, man. Yeah. This is great. And after the game, we went into Bill Long's office. Oh yeah, Bill coach, Long, <laughs> legendary coach of the Knights. And I remember Bill Long just saying that. Uh, the Spitfires were physical. They were tough. Our boys did, and the London had guys like Basil McRae then. I think Dino Cicerelli might have been mm-hmm. on that club. But they said this Windsor club came and Paul McDermott, I think, was on that mm-hmm. Windsor uh-huh. club. I don't, uh, they said they were physical. They came in here. And I thought, and then we went back uh, to Boston Pizza, the old Boston Pizza in London back in the day. We get any free pizza out of this, man? <laughs> <laughs> sure you do. But, uh, so, and, but, and, and Chris Mayberry had gone to the radio station for a few minutes to cut up some tape. And it, so I always liked the hockey end of it. 
you know, to be around sports or broad. Mm. But it wasn't like even then in college that, no, I wanted to be the DJ, the guy in the air. When My real opening was when Dave Quinn left in 87 to go to Toronto and uh, hey we need a play-by-play guy and I helped them out we always were taught even if you don't get paid volunteer I I was at the radio station I've been the promotions coordinator I was the music director for a while I was I think I did every show somewhere along the line from maybe filling in Saturday Sunday morning Mm -hmm. afternoons midday somewhere along the line I think I did almost every different time slot but I wanted to be the DJ. And then when the sports did open up, there, I had been doing a little bit of sports on the side. And when he left, well, we're not going to go get a play-by-play guy. And so I, either sink or swim, pal. And I, done, <laughs> and I had done the game the year before, that one single game. And uh, so that was it. So and the rest is history. And, right? and my first year was that Memorial Cup year. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, and there's been some stops and starts, as there is quite often sure, in this sure. business. But, hey, it's fun. Fun. What will be your biggest memory that you'll take from your time at a Oh, there's no question. The marvelous people I think I've worked with and met. Um, not necessarily. I, don't, I can't think of anything about being on the radio or calling a game. Mm-hmm. I think... Uh, and I've had, I've, and I, I can't even mention when I first moved here, Cam Gardner, Wayne Stevens, some some people that are behind the scenes, Carol Washbrook, Joanne Hamilton, um, so many people that that I met that, and I think the the other biggest thing the the are the are the charities and people like Anita and per that. That's, that that works so much harder than I ever do. Um, all for the right reasons to help raise money for for charity for good causes and to have the chance to meet some of these people that and, and become and now be able to call them friends uh and and the co-workers uh and the i mean where else can you have that much fun i think that's why i've likely missed i think three or four days ever from why would you not want to go to work yeah, you go to sure. work and you have fun every day so i think that's that's been the biggest part of it is you know, just the people I've met along the way. And I, and again, I'm not going, I'm just starting. Right. Well, I can tell you, uh, from and including, Matt, including Matt, I was going to say, I forgot, but yeah, Matt was a high school kid. 1999. <laughs> I, uh, I would have, and, and I'm not exaggerating the opportunity to intern, um, in my last year of, uh, of high school with Steve Bell at AM 800 was, I mean, you know, I was I was the big swinging guy at uh, at the school, <laughs> and I got a chance to say that I'm going to hang out with Steve Bell in the morning. Sure, I'm riding Transit Windsor yep, at 5:45 or whatever it was, but but man, I mean, really, and 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 I sent you a message yeah. when uh, when I had heard like I I owe that introducing uh, introduction of the business to you know the opportunity that I got with you. I, I you know we we had a great time. You brought me to Spitz Games and I got to go sit in the box with you and you and Johnny Pilon and, yeah. and we got to uh, got to know that. I, I got to know you over that that time there and went to to Humber College and did the college thing there, ended up in Owen Sound, met some of the best friends I've got for, for life out of that, met the woman that I had two perfectly beautiful kids with uh, yeah. now to this day through radio, like, you know, it, it all goes back to, to that, and, and to me, radio was was always the the, the passion that I had going into it, and, and I, I can't overstate enough, and, and I truly mean it, um, the, the introduction that I got with you through that, like, that was that was putting it in the bloodstream, and well, I don't think that gets out. Well, you know, you know when you get bit as you say bit by the bug whether it was when i was eight or nine playing road hockey or listening to the radio or like matt there's a lot i i will not mention names but there was somebody else that i had given an opportunity once i was doing at one time i think i'd done along with pete krupski uh 1990 91 the inaugural season of the detroit ambassadors the radio station did every game possible if there was a friday night and the ambassadors were in london I might have done that game, and the Saturday, the Spitfires were on the road at Pete. So between the two of us, we broadcast over. We broadcast every game we could. One game, it was really a tough game for both of us to get to, and I had asked another person that's uh, abroad, and it was going to be an out-of-town broadcast. Oh, oh, gee. As somebody, this is 20, many years before you were, I, somebody like Matt, 
He just mentioned he rode a Transit Windsor bus at 5.30 in the morning to get to the radio station. No money, no, just to enter. That's people like that that have it in their blood that are doing it. And once you get bit, you, right. you can't get rid of it. It's right. something that you... And it's, it is kind of sad to say because I'm not saying radio is dead, but you can... <laughs> You, it's changing, right? It's changing. I, and, and time moves on. I mean, the young kids now, I, I don't know, I got my news on the cell phone, uh, podcast, mm-hmm. uh, whatever, cell phone. I got it, you know, I didn't turn on that. But that was the magic of back in the day mm-hmm. to turn on the radio and, you know, geez, I sound old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Bella, I, I can't say enough how much of a class act you've been. I've enjoyed working with you. Well, I, I, I hope enjoyed working s- for you. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Randy, man, Randy was my boss. I, yeah. I enjoyed it too. That's what we yeah. got. <laughs> <laughs> um, introduced me to radio. Mandy was my first uh, boss out of uh, college in radio. So this is uh, this is a great flashback for me too. I, I never thought of that as working for. You're working with, right? You're part yeah. of a team to try to accomplish that. And hopefully we'll get a chance to work together into the future. I know I know John Rashad up there in Markdale was excited when we said, hey, Steve Bell's going to come on the show. <laughs> right there, Rashad. That's right. Absolutely. He's a big deal. Yeah. He's kind of a big deal. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's only because my dog's from Walter's Falls. <laughs> well, Beller, this has been great. Some great stories. Appreciate the time. No, Thank you very much. A lot of fun. And I know we're we're going to see each other in the community a lot yeah, at Spitz Games. And it's great to hear that you'll still be doing work in the community, right? No, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's so. in fact, I'll likely end up doing, now that I have more time, uh, e- e- even more in the community. Like, there's so many great causes. And the only thing that's kind of thrown a wrench into a lot of this has been, obviously, uh, COVID. Mm-hmm. We'll, we will get past that. Yeah, Beller. Thanks again. Anytime, boys. It's yeah, been a lot of fun, eh, hey, Matt? It's been a lot of fun. Oh, it's it's so cool. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah. Obviously, you can follow us on social media for upcoming uh, future guests that will try to get on the show. Maybe they won't be as what a part. <laughs> what a part. Yeah, it won't be as classy as this week. Steve Bell, but we'll try to surpass that. We're on Twitter at Podcast FFC, also on Instagram at the same handle, or you can find us on Facebook at For Future Considerations. Yeah, thanks again, Beller, for joining us, yeah, Manny. Rashad, we'll be back again next week. All new topics, rapid fire, and then who knows what we're going to do for the overtime. And you can also email us with your feedback, suggestions, and show ideas, or even your own hot takes if you agree or disagree with anything we discuss. For future considerations at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.